This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code SGP when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the college basketball underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code SGP to turn 4 bucks into 260 or $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And we're also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter better. NBA, college basketball, any NHL, they got you covered. Just go to BetQL, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. And we're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you don't miss a pick. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like the stock exchange for the sports world. Pick the teams you like and have someone else buy the other side. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code S-G-P. All right, welcome back, DJs. This is the DFS podcast episode for TPC Sawgrass, the players. And uh, it's myself, Boston Capper, with the God of God himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, you ready for this week, man? I'm pumped. I am. I mean, it's, it's good that we got a special episode tonight. Uh, we are doing all DFS. We have a guest that we're bringing on. We've, uh, we've officially made it. We have guests on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to spending a lot more time. I mean, we, we always break down the DFS tiers like, uh, you know, basically talk about every player, but now it's an entire episode that we talk yeah. about. We talk about more players and getting a little more detail and a little more angles. So yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, man, I'm ready. All right. So um, if you guys listen to yesterday's pod or I guess today's pod when it came out, uh, we broke down our betting strategies, what the weather looks like. Um, has anything changed? No, I mean, so I, I started putting together about my little dashboard about what I look at. So basically I have my main spreadsheet. I start populating with a bunch of different stuff. So really I just have everybody in a list and a spreadsheet all different types of categories. So I just want to see how you do driving, you know, where are you gain strokes, uh, how you do with your approach play, you know, are you a good putter, some course history. I, I think like one of the most, you know, uh, labor intensive things I had to do was I took, I, I created this composite course history list where basically I thought of all the golf courses where you had to play positional golf. And the two I can really think of are all the Pete Dye golf courses. So, you know, throw Harbor town into it, throw, uh, the stadium course, PJ West into it, um, throw TBC river Highlands into it too. That's Pete Dye golf course. And then, you know, it was a blessing that we got to study the concession because I got a new appreciation for Jack Nicholas golf courses. And what I realized looking at the concession, going back and look at Mirfield village, there are a lot of inspiration of Pete Dye in a lot of Nicholas golf courses. And you think about it, Muirfield village positional golf, yeah. you know, you can't really miss the fairway PJ national positional golf, a lot of water can miss the fairway, the concession. We just saw that too. Even Sherwood country club, you know, remember that, that back in the, well, I mean, those are, that was a terrible memory for you, mm. but that kind of is similar <laughs> to sawgrass a little bit. It's tight corridors, you know, positional golf can't really miss anywhere. So I just created kind of like a composite list because let's face it you know, as we touched on yesterday, the year to year results at TBC Sawgrass, it's pretty random. Like you'll look at one leaderboard one year, 
guys top 10 and the next year they'll miss the cut or finish nowhere near there. So, you know, just looking at in general, who does well, these types of golf courses, that's going to help. And it was kind of eye opening looking at, you know, who does well there and who doesn't. And we'll talk about those guys tonight. All right. Sounds good, man. So, uh, the weather, I mean, I mean, it was nice today, man. It was like 55 sunny, like no rain. Like it was nice down here today. It uh, seems look. like they should start. They should actually play this a week uh, earlier because last year, then we would miss COVID <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the exactly. weather apparently was crappy the week before the players and then it turned nice. And yeah, the weather has actually turned nice for you guys. So, yeah. uh, you know, low to mid sixties throughout the week, but there's not gonna be any rain. Uh, it'll I'm interested to see how the turf conditions are. If it's just soft because they just watered the hell out of this place to make it this emerald green for television <laughs> like they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but just during course of play, um, you know, low seventies for first couple uh, days there, you know, nine to f- 15 mile per hour winds. That's not all that significant there. Yeah. Uh, Sunday might get a little blustery and that's when the wind shifts too. Uh, the wind is coming out of the east and northeast for the first couple of days. It's going to shift out, you know, maybe towards the south on Sunday. It might make it things a little more different, difficult. But it's kind of setting up overall that, especially if this golf course is soft, it's going to be good scoring. Yeah. I mean, guys are going to go low. Guys are going to be firing at pins. You know, it's you know, kind of what you want to bring into like, you know, is it just going to be like a constant of who's the best with their irons and putters all week? Might be. It might also, it's probably going to make the golf course play a little longer too. I mean, I know it's 7,200 yards, but I remember watching last year, you know, in that first round balls are usually just stopping the, in the fairway, just because it's the overseed. It's very grabby. It's soft, you know, balls aren't really running out like it would in may. So, you know, keep those things in mind, but you know, overall, like we talked about, there's not really a, you know, one size fits all for this place. Oh, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat at TBC Sawgrass. Yeah, there really is too. And we talked about it. Right. So like, especially guys like Bryson, like still going to play by the rules. There's, there's no, uh, there's no huge advantage for that. And like you said, the, the leaderboards always look a little crazy uh, guys. You never expect, or just come out of fucking nowhere, uh, <laughs> you know, end up doing really well. And that's why I think, uh, especially, I think there's more, there's more players in the field this year too. Right. Cause the last year they have to let those guys in. Yeah. So usually it's 144, and I think there's, it's 154 this year. So okay. that was, uh, I mean, it's, it just makes, it just means that this is the hardest field in golf. Like, I mean, you look at some of the guys in the $6,000 range, like those guys are usually like, you know, mid to low sevens in most tournaments. And I mean, listen, I'm, I mean, I don't track everybody week to week and this is by far the most amount of guys I have data for in my own <laughs> personal spreadsheets that I can right. account for. I mean, it's a lot, it's it a is lot a to lot. go through, but it is a lot. we will break it down as best as we can tonight. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, the 6K range and the 7K range are the biggest I can remember. Yeah. Like, like Doug, Gim is 60, Doug Gim is $6,200, everybody. I know. That's <laughs> insane, dude. Like, I, I know he's a, he's a first time here or whatever, but still, like, that's, that's, that's silly. I mean, he's, he's, he's right next to Ryan fucking Armour for, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, but I mean, like, even Ryan Armour can still do something. Oh, yeah. Oh, then, yeah. I, this, I this is Ryan definitely Armour a course this year. This, yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely a course he can, he can do something on. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, all right. So, I mean, it's early in the week. I mean, yep. we're, we usually record this Tuesday night. We have a little better clarity where ownership is. We're going to try and do the best we can with Monday. It's probably going to change. Um, We'll try and give a, you know, general idea of who's going to be popular, who's not. And we'll go from there. So $9,000 and above. Um, Ownership is pretty spread out over 10K. 
there's no one that really stands out. It's, you know, between DJ Rom, Rory and Xander, it's about the same ownership. It's about low to mid teens. Mm. It's where you go to the $9,000 range. That's where everybody seems to be going. So JT Webb, Morikawa, Cantley, Finau, all those guys are really popular this week. So it seems like a lot of people are skipping over the $10,000 range and going right to those $9,000 guys. Um, you know, we'll break it down a little bit later as far as if that's a good strategy or not. Uh, $8,000 range. Again, there's not really a whole lot of concentration in this. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys above 10, but nothing crazy. I mean, I think the only one who's really breaking for the pack right now is Hideki. I know. And I think it's just because he was the first round leader last year. He he technically has the quote unquote best course history here, but I mean, it's, it's sawgrass and there's a lot of variance. So, and he's not the same player, what he used to be. So, you know, we'll see if that ownership, you know, stays during the week, Uh 7,000 hour range. I mean, there's a lot of guys here, you know, it's mostly concentrated on seven guys. So from top high to low, Abe answer, who's been getting a little bit of steam on some of the shows this week. Uh, he's a popular sleeper for outrights answer. I'm not surprised that what the hell is out already. Um, I mean, <laughs> Mayo has a podcast, uh, Rick Gaiman has a podcast. I mean, answer has been bounced around a little bit. I mean, Abe okay. answer played great in 2019 You're at right. players. He's an accurate player. T to green. Well, you know what? We'll save answer for later. So, okay. uh, Will's out is popular. He's always popular. Uh, Neiman is always popular. He's in that list too. Corey Connors getting the Bay Hill bump. He's yep. popular this week after being pretty well, he wasn't ignored last week, but. Um, Tringali is popular again. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, everybody's back on him and Chris Kirk. Uh, Kirk wasn't that highly owned last week. And now, you know, after his, I think like 10th place finish, yeah, he's popular. So, and then under six, there's no one above $10,000 yet. Um, there's only a handful of guys at 5% and more. So it's Charlie Hoffman, Amelia, Grio, Doug Gim, Keaton Bradley. I think those are just guys who are popping in models as good ball strikers. Yep. I think they have decent histories at Sargas, but overall it seems like everybody is taking like three guys in the $9,000 range and then going right to the sevens. And then it's, it's very easy to do a lineup of three of JT Webb, Morikawa, Hovland, Cantley, Finau. And then you can still fit Neiman in there and then you can get like a Tringali and Kirk or like a Charlie Hoffman if you want to dip down there. So that seems like where everybody's going. And maybe that means there'll be some leverage in the $10,000, $8,000 range this week. Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, all right. Well, uh, like we said, we do have a guest coming on tonight. Uh, for you guys who don't know, it's Nagel's Bagels. Uh, and if you guys uh, follow, if you guys are listening, if you guys are listening to this, you guys probably know who he is. Okay. Uh, but uh, we're going to bring him on. He's going to help us break down the tears. We'll get a little background from him from uh, the, for people who don't know who he is, but uh, so we're going to attempt this live right now. And you guys know how good I am with technology. Um, so let's see if I can get uh, old, uh, old Nagel bagels on here. Hang on. What's up, Steve Nagels. How you how doing, are you, buddy? buddy? It's I'm, great to talk to you. It is great to talk to you too. I mean, we connected a little bit before I uh, exited off of social media. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, I could not be happier being away from that cesspool. So things are good. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Um, you know, I, so I mean, I, I just found out that uh, you don't just do Periscope anymore on Twitter. That was the last I knew of you. You actually have a YouTube show now. So uh, that's well, pretty- the, no, well, hold on. It's the same <laughs> show. It's just I'm. I kind of upgraded. I put my, I put myself on multiple platforms because the uh, Periscope's going away. It's just going to go exclusively to Twitter Live, 
So okay. if I did the show the same way, uh, my like people like you or my brother or anybody who's not on Twitter wouldn't be able to see. It. So I needed to find a way to be able to be on both YouTube and Twitter at the same time. And now I've I've been able to do that. So nice. Uh, you, got, you got like a producer to, to to get you all set up? Did you figure no, it out? No, I bought I bought a uh, I bought a, a Chromebook, and it turns out that there's these uh, all these, app, these there's these apps. Um, uh, what's the name of it? Streamyard, I think it is. That I signed up, and they just you broadcast through them, and then they put your show out on all the different platforms at, at the same time. So nice. pretty cool. So right. that makes makes it easy for old guys like us, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we can barely operate Skype, which I think we're the only ones who still use Skype nowadays. I mean, everybody's on Zoom and everything. So, so, so why don't you tell us a little bit of your background here? So, I mean, everybody's got stories about how they got into like golf and gambling and everything. I mean, golf is such a niche sport. So, you know, so how'd you get into the golf DFS game? You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, the inspiration of creating your own show. You know, how'd you get interested in just like gambling on something that, you know, up until a couple of years ago, no one really bet a whole lot. Okay. I'll try to give you the, I'll try to give you the short version because there's like, there was like four questions in there, but the, uh, get used to those tonight. Get used yeah, to those. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I, well, pro- I'll say I got into golf because my dad always loved the masters and that was always something that going back to, uh, well, that's the whole story. So basically golf because of the, the masters I got, there's a, I have a guy who runs a, uh, that runs a master's pool that I was in for many years. And then once he, about five, six years ago, he started doing, he started a one and done pool. And I'm like, all right, I can get in on that. But then when they started, I think the season started with the waste management and I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on in golf. I'm usually just paying attention to the majors and everything else. So that's when I found Pat Mayo and that was when that was the same year Danny Willett won the Masters, so it was a, a month or two before. It, it was a few months before that, so I kind of got in like right at the beginning of, because Pat was pretty much the first guy who was doing a golf show. I was able to find that content, and then as I just started listening every week, for, you know, for that one and done pool. Then the next thing I know, it's like, oh, well, everybody's talking about this DraftKings. All right, so let me get in on the DraftKings. So then I started playing DraftKings every week. And I just started getting more and more into it and watching every week and everything else. As far as the show goes, uh, I, 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 I started the show in the January of 2019. Now, I don't want to get too personal with you, but I had I, I went through a divorce and I was paying alimony for like five years and I wasn't going to be done paying alimony till the end of 2020 or March of 2020. Right. So, I mean, it was a big, there was a big, uh, big nugget that was coming out of the paycheck every month, <laughs> right. every week. So time to supplement I, that income. So, but going into 2019, I was like, yeah, 2019 will be a great year. Like my dad was turning 70. My brother was getting married. Like, yeah, that's all great. But I really can't wait until 2020 because I wanted to get my life back. But then I said, you know what? That's a really, that's a really shitty attitude. (laughs) I got to do something. I got to make the most. I can't just try to wait to get to the finish line. I got to try to do something that will help pass the time. And I just didn't want to just waste the whole year. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to just start doing this show. I'm playing DraftKings. I'm in the one and done. I'm just going to do a show where I'm going to talk about why picks go through my process, make picks. 
and whatever. And it seems to be going very well. People seem to like it. People watch. And of course, as soon as I was done paying alimony, fucking pandemic hits. <laughs> and I'm trying to, I don't know if I freaking mush the whole thing because all I was doing is saying, God, I can't wait to 2020. 2020 is going to be the best year ever. And it was pretty much the worst year for everybody in existence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so Nagel's Bagels, you, you, that, that's it. So Nagel's Bagels, it's just your fault. I caused the pandemic. Yeah, it, it wasn't the bat. It wasn't the bat in China. It was you. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's that story. I don't know. If I, I don't think that's the short version. I don't think I left anything out. No, I mean, li listen, you know, you know how I know that you are a reliable guy to go for picks because you have your heart and soul into this thing. And uh, yeah, listen, I mean, like there's a lot of bullshit with a lot of these touts and everything like, you know, they're spewing the picks, but you know what? You seem very real. You're down to earth. And that's why everybody's got to listen to you, man. You know? So and that's probably why you got such a nice following too. I mean, like you get a lot of like, I noticed when I was watching your periscopes, that like <laughs> the, 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 the peanut gallery yeah, always, they are always entertaining too. And you, and your back chatter. I mean, I think it's part of the best part of your show. Is just, you it know, is. you talking back to these guys, you know, I have a good, I have a good, like, there's a good group of guys in that, in that chat. Some of them, you know, piss me off and I let them know other guys are just trying to like needle me and get me going a little bit. And some guys police it and they get on, they'll get on somebody else, but it's yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I do. You know, some of my guys, they've been real supportive and uh, it's fun. It's a good, I look forward to it every Wednesday, eight o'clock. Yeah. 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 Listen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely. You guys definitely got to check that out and you'll have to, uh, you'll have to let us know how the, how the YouTube goes. We'll let you, we'll let you pimp and, uh, and do all that stuff here and uh, make sure we promote you uh, at the end. Uh, um, so yeah, man. So listen, I I'm a legal pad guy myself, right? So, yeah. uh, so are you, are you all gut? Are you all stats? Like, cause I'm mostly gut and I'll use stats to basically confirm, confirm my bias, right. Or, or, or kill it. What, what yeah. do you do? Uh, I thought about this question. I saw it on Steve's, uh, <laughs> Steve's thing. I, my I, insane I, show notes. Yeah, that it's I great, it's great. Every I love week. it. I'm here for it. Uh, the best way I can try to describe how I come up with the guys I end up playing is, uh, when I was, when I asked my grandmother how she made meatballs, where it was like, well, you need a little bit of this and you need a little bit of that. And it's never really the same type of recipe to, to, uh, it's always, there's always a little bit, I always factor in everything a little bit differently. Every week's its own entity. And one thing about me is that I only play one lineup. So I'm picking six guys. Like those are my six guys. That's my one lineup. And I put it in a whole bunch of different contests and I'm either going to have a good week or I'm going to have a bad week. It's, it's really all or nothing as far as that goes. And I like to kind of fade the chalk a lot of times depending, but there's sometimes a guy could be 10% owned and talked up a lot. And then there's a guy that could be 10% owned and nobody's really talking about him. Yeah. So it's hard to just base it only on ownership percentages. Yeah. It's more of, when a guy says like, Oh, Tommy Fleetwood sucks. Don't worry <laughs> about him. It's like, okay, I'm going to roster him this week. But it depends. The, it depends on the veracity of which somebody is making their, making their calls. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's a mixed bag. I do. I am a gut guy, but sometimes I do. It's not really the numbers. It's more like the style of play and the golf course and you don't know what the weather's going to be. And there's just, uh, there's so many factors yeah. and golf is so vol volatile and nobody knows anything. Right. So it's just, 
you gotta you gotta find what works what makes you comfortable but you also have to find something that makes you a little uncomfortable because it's never comfortable correct <laughs> that's never well, the winning recipe well i mean like that, that kind of leads me to you know my next question for you so like you know being uncomfortable and you know maybe realizing when you know after a weekend you know maybe you made some mistakes you know your armchair quarterback a little bit so you know i mean i know for me personally that I rely way too much on the stats. Like I mm -hmm. look too much at numbers and I just take it for gospel and I don't take anything out of context. And uh, I know my co-host, you know, I speak for him that when he declares somebody dead, uh, they're yeah. dead to him and he re doesn't realize that maybe he should go on them until it's too late. So I guess, you know, for you, like, you know, when you're, you know, handicapped in the field and everything, like, is there something that maybe like, you know, you realize you got to do better and like, you've been working on that, you know, like, you know, what's something that, you know, it's kind of like maybe like a new year's resolution for you to like, you know, make sure, you know, so you can improve your handicapping. Well, a lot of people say, you know, you shouldn't overthink these things. And a lot of the times on Monday or Sunday night after the tournament's over, I'm mad at myself because I didn't think of something like a couple of weeks ago, Kyle Morikawa at the uh, WGC. Now he wasn't really on my radar. The narrative was that he's got this new putting grip and that he's uh uh, you know, he can't putt and he's struggling and all this shit. And I think I've, I love Colin Morikawa. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's a top five player in the world, whatever. Um, but on Monday, oh, I, on Monday, I just, for, for whatever reason, I, I was trying to figure out how did I miss that? Cause I love Colin Morikawa. There's no reason for me. I needed a top 10 player that I liked at the top of the board at WGC. How did I miss it? And I missed him because I didn't realize that when he won that Barracuda, that was also a Jack Nicholas design course. Mm -hmm. And if I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think just because I know how, I kind of know how my brain works, <laughs> that if I considered, if I just knew that or remembered that or looked that up, that Morikawa, he won the workday, he won at Barracuda. Now he's coming to a Jack Nicholas course again. And everyone's saying that he sucks and he can't putt, but that's the guy. And how the hell did I miss that? And it <laughs> annoys me. Well, well listen, he, he couldn't putt though. That is the thing. And it we talked about matter. it. Well, he's he's I a mean, super, he's a super elite player. That's what I was looking for. You're right. And me like a schmuck because I, I played Dustin Johnson instead, because why not play Dustin Johnson? He's the best player in the world. That has well, to work out. Well, let I, didn't listen, I, did this, I did the same fucking thing. I, yeah. I, I did. I played DJ cause why not play DJ in a WGC? No yeah. kind of bad, best player in the world. And yeah. I was so scared of his putting. Like, I mean, he lost, a, like, I don't even remember what the fucking number was, but it was so ridiculous. The amount of strokes that he lost. Like, even if he had improved by 50%, he would have still ended up losing two strokes of the field. Yeah, but that golf course, we didn't know what to expect, I know. Or how hard it was going to play. We didn't know anything. I know. And I'm always a sucker for a great iron player. And Morikow was the best freaking iron player on tour. And if I, the only thing I was grasping at straws, like making memorial comps and Jack Nicklaus and the Honda and Florida golfers and all this shit that I was trying to come up with something. And it was sitting like, that was something that nobody mentioned about Morikawa that week that, you know, he's won. He's already won twice on a Jack Nicklaus course. I didn't hear that. I like to come up with my own narratives. I like to, everyone talks about fantasy national where you get all your stats. I come, I come up with narrative national where I find <laughs> what's the most popular narratives that everybody's talking about. And I fucking fade those guys yeah. because it never works out that way. So I like to come up with my own stuff. And that would have been a perfect little nugget 
that would have given me an edge. And obviously, it turned out. It happened with Shane Lowry at Portrush. I, I Monday morning the quarterback that thing, too, where how did I miss a fucking Irishman who's good in the wind, who contended at Heritage? How did I miss that? I was so, like, that's the type of stuff. It's like you say you don't want to overthink it, but God, sometimes you got to freaking overthink it because you miss little things that are obvious after the fact. It's a lot yeah. easier to pick these things on Monday. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I and I agree that leads us, you know, to you know, final question before we you know get into the tears and everything. So I guess what are these some of these narratives that uh, you're uh, coming up with with uh, you know Nagel's narratives here for uh, the you know players championship? You know what? So what are some of your early strategies and angles that you're you're looking for? Well, it's you know when you come to these courses that these guys play every year, um, it it becomes difficult to find a a narrative that people aren't really, you know, that they're, you know, everyone's going to be looking at Pete Dye and everybody's going to be looking at, uh, you know, iron, you know, good iron players and the ball strikers and all the stuff that you're going to hear. Uh, this, I heard your show yesterday and we talked about this offline that this whole grass thing is really, I, I know you're not on social media, Steve, but I put it out there because I needed a confirmation of this whole thing. I The article you sent me, I put it out there and said, what the hell's going on here? Is this Bermuda? Is it not Bermuda? And I th- I, I don't know if I can find, you know, we could find an edge with that. If everybody's going to be looking for Bermuda putters, and this is not exactly, these aren't Bermuda greens. Uh-huh. And you got this Ben Poe mix. So there's some overseed talk going on on, on Twitter right now, uh, mm-hmm. not to your knowledge. So you started this whole little thing <laughs> with that. I, I mean, listen, Sorry. I listen to all the shows and it, it, it aggravates me that, yeah. but you all the, like, you, like you, you put into like, you just type in TPC net sawgrass and yes, eight months of the year it's Bermudagrass. Mm-hmm. But what happens is a lot of these golf shows, they just, they, they overlook looking at the actual golf course, how it's shaped. You know, they, I, I always like looking at the architecture of it, you know, seeing what types of shots they're going to have. And just knowing the context of like, you know, if it's at a different time of year, if it's a golf course in the South, you know, it's going to be overseeded. And it doesn't mean they put more Bermuda grass on, the, on it. It's a different mm-hmm. type of grass type. Like, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot with the greens, but one thing that goes overlooked with overseed is actually how balls behave in the rough. So if you drop a ball in two and a half inch Bermuda rough, it goes right to the bottom. But in rye grass, which is what this is planted with, because the Bermuda grass, it's too cold. It can't, you know, grow or anything. You know, sometimes you get lies that sit up, you know, and pop up. And that's why I think in 2019, people were concerned with the players championship. That it was just gonna be a bomber's paradise because, you know, guys would blast in the rough and, you know, they would get good rut lies. Basically it would turn to another Augusta national, which I think is what the PGA tour wants it to be in, you know, to begin with. But yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the way Pete Dye set up TBC Sawgrass, T to green, a lot of the same principles still applied. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's knowing the golf course, it's knowing T to green, how it sets up. And, you know, sometimes even too, like, you know, some people get a little overboard with the grass type. Like, while yes, like, I mean, it's important to know that this isn't a standard, Bermuda, you know, Bermuda grass golf course. But, you know, at the end of the day, the guys who are good on Bermuda greens, they tend to put everything pretty well. And I mean, Bermuda is, I think, the hardest putting services, you know, put on because you got to worry about grain, everything. It's the guys who grew up on Bermuda that know how to do it best. And if they give them like a standard, you know, bent grass green or bent poa green, where grain doesn't matter as much, you got them to read more breaks. It's because they're just better putters. Naturally, they'll just do better. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm glad, you know, maybe that's being, you know, 
the awareness of the overseed that mm -hmm. people are going to actually fact check it a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, that was a secret we had for a couple months here. On our own. And, <laughs> oh, look I'm at like TBC Sawgrass. <laughs> I want to know what's going on out there. I need to know. I need to know. Because listen, there's, man, there's a, listen, man. If you join our Slack channel, you will get way more knowledge about <laughs> golf than you probably really want. You'll probably turn off the notifications for all the stuff that I spam into uh, the Slack channel there. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I mean, uh, for me personally, what I see in the industry is a lack of knowledge of the golf course. They just turn on the TV. They look at the grass. They look at the numbers. They look at last year and that's really about it. There's a lot of lazy narratives and takes mm -hmm. and it's your job to just go the extra mile to, yeah. you know, get that little bit of an edge. You got to over, you got to overthink it. Yeah. There's a certain, there's certain guys that I just won't play on certain surfaces. I'm not, you know, I'm not an agronomist and I'm not like crazy with the whole you know, the putting, you know, the putting type, but I just, there's a certain things that I just know in my head. Well, no, he's terrible on this, but anyway, are we going to talk about, uh, uh, Xander and Rom or no? <laughs> yeah, come well, on. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, they're going to the $10,000 range. So, uh, we can okay. probably just talk about them right there. So, uh, okay. are, are well, we going to get right to it with the, the tears and everything? Okay. Well, before, before we jump into the tears, right. uh, listen, I, I got to do, he's got to do my, uh, my, my housekeeping as the show goes on. Sorry, boys. Uh, so listen, it's that time of year. Again, conference tournaments are tipping off bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top rated sportsbook app is putting new customers in the center of the action. All you do is you bet four bucks on an underdog and you can win $256 if they win. It's that simple. That's right. Bet four bucks on an underdog. And if they select college basketball games and if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. Pick one of, you, one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning. $256 and all it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test and put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code SGP to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. That was a fucking mouthful. So, <laughs> all right. So, who wants to jump off on the 10K range first? Uh, how about one of you guys? Not me. All right. I want, I want to hear what you have to say. All right. So, I mean, look, it's a, it's a very short, right? I mean, there's, there's only four guys now that Brooksy's out. Um, I just think DJ's too expensive. Rory is just pissing me off. Like, he just seems so flatlined. I thought he was back on Thursday. And uh, I know you're going to hate this, uh, but I just don't think Xander belongs in this tier. Um, he's just like Tony Finau. He deserves to be in a tier below. Uh, and look, my boy is John Rahm. Uh, he's overpriced too, uh, based on what he's doing with this equipment change. And just watching him, man, this putter is not 
Correct. And I know Steve will tell me he hasn't lost that many strokes gained putting, but just watching him on these tournaments, he's burning the edges. He's missing it. He's not reading it correctly. I don't know if it's the equipment change or what. Plus his history here, clearly fucking not great. Um, the, the, one of the biggest meltdowns ever on TV. Um, but if I have to take one, I'm going to take John Rahm. But in reality, I'm probably going to pass uh, on this uh, on this section. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it sounds like it's you and everybody else that are passing here. Um, That's what I sucks. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, these aren't really sexy names right now. Like a lot of these guys just aren't really firing all cylinders. I mean, there's a narrative Rory McIlroy right now just can't get closed. I mean, I called it a flaccid performance yesterday, and it was a flaccid performance. And uh, I mean, DJ right now, it seems like his hot streak seems like it's over. Uh, some of his problems right now is with his putter. He's actually been struggling off the tee too. Like that's been a problem going back to Saudi Arabia when, even when he won. So, I mean, for me, it comes down to probably Ram and Xander. If I want to play anybody up here, Xander has a little something going for him this week because you know, the last couple tournaments, he hasn't putted very well. I think he lost strokes at the Genesis and he lost strokes at concession. And I mean, one of the reasons why he was just card in top 10 ever to top 10 is because he was awesome with the putter. I mean, that's been a big difference for him. You know, he was always really good tee to green. He had a good complete game, but you know, the part of it lights out and he gained, or he lost about a stroke more than his baselines uh, at the concession. You know, me, my putting regression, like everything bounced back to the mean. So he could definitely have, you know, a little bounce back there. Uh, and then everything else tee to green is solid with him. So, I mean, what's not the light there? Like, do I think that there's much of a difference between Xander and Patrick Cantlay? Probably not. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's about picking, you know, good players too. And Cantlay's a hell of a lot more popular than Xander, at least, you know, this, you know, what they're showing. So Alexander, I guess, I, I think if, if I'm going to have a gun to my head, I think Rom is a little too expensive and the bulky putter is a little, makes me a little nervous. Um, even though I think Rom really does well at these positional golf courses, like Sherwood Murfield, like, you know, all those types of places where you use less than driver. There's a little bit of penalty from missing the fairway, but it probably Xander for me is going to be the guy. If you put a gun to my head and I had to use somebody up here, it's probably him. So Nagels, what do you think, buddy? I'm shaking over here. All right. I got to say, something. <laughs> okay. You, if you're going to compare Xander to somebody, it can't be Tony Fina. That's not fair. That's just, it's why is it not it, fair? It's negligent. Because Xander's won four times already. That's fair. All right. Finau's only won once. And one of Xander's wins was when he beat Finau at the WGC in China. That and is he, true. In the middle of the night that no one saw. But yeah, I saw it. And I'm telling, you, <laughs> I'm telling you that that's I'm hearing this comparison everywhere, and it makes my freaking blood boil. It's, it's not fair. He's won four times already. It's not like he can't win or he doesn't have any PGA tour wins. He just hasn't won in two years. There's a yeah. difference between can't and hasn't. Let's Can yeah, we acknowledge look, that? Yeah, look, that's fair. And, and look, and I'm definitely, and Steve constantly gets on me for being too harsh on Xander. And I think it, it's probably a byproduct of me because he's a stat darling, right? Everybody loves him. He jumps off the page. He gets talked about all the time. Like he's a, he's a fine, he seems like a fine guy, like whatever. Like he seems like an easy dude to root for. I remember I had uh, money on him when he melted down at, I think it was the U S open uh, a couple of years ago um, when he just couldn't close. And I never I, melted down at a USO. I, I don't remember no, what tournament it was. What, what was it? Tournament. Maybe you, the master. 
You want to talk about is you're talking about the Masters that Tiger won when Xander put it into no, 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 not that one. This was this was like years back when like Xander was like this was it's probably, it's probably like was three it, or four. It years. was at the Open Championship in eight in eight. Oh, with the crying baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. see, yeah. The crying so, baby. Yeah. So yeah. the guy's a freaking rookie. I know, man. Whatever. Listen, and I listen. It's not that I don't like Xander. It's that I feel like he gets too much steam for somebody who hasn't won in two years, right? His stats always look good, and and it, it just seems like some whatever it is, right? His dad even said something about it, right? That he just he's not ready. He like he just can't close right now for whatever reason. And you know, golf is so mental that I mean, if if anything gets in between your ears, it can and fuck with you and not let you close. Whether it's a confidence problem moving into Sunday or Saturday, like listen, I'm not a fucking psychiatrist. I just I have no idea. All I know is the guy hasn't won in two years, and he get, he gets priced up with guys who win consistently. And I just think it's an I think it's an overvaluation of the market. Okay, well let me just tell you this, Capri. I want you to know this. All right, okay. these are all right. A couple facts. Number one, um, the win a win is coming. I don't know when, but it's coming soon. And the reason I know that is because, like I talked to you about you before about me causing the pandemic. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Last tournament he won was that tournament of champions. All right. Yep. And I had a winning ticket on him that day. And that was like, that like stamped, like, this is my guy. And then the week after at the Sony, that's the week I started my show. And ever okay. since I've had my show, Xander has not won. And I've been on that freaking show every week talking about my favorite player. And I've been betting him every week since then. So I've been losing tickets on him for two years. <laughs> right. But I decided this year, I, not betting him. And I didn't have him at Phoenix and I didn't have him in Hawaii and I didn't have him at Riviera. Just letting him be. I'm taking that Nagel stink is off of him. <laughs> That's how I know. The win is coming. And I won't be there for it, but the win is coming. You know who I've been betting since the end of the, since the US Open? John Rom. Rom. And you Rom. know who hasn't won since John Rom. then? John. John Rom. I know, buddy. <laughs> so I've been switching it up. All right. I'm reversing well, get your, your, get your, get your stink off my man, dude. What no are you way. doing? No so way. why do you, why do you hate Rob so much? Because you just said Xander's like, uh, not worthy of the hype. He doesn't belong up here. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what you said. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to understand that I've felt this way about John Rom for two years now. Okay. So I know that in the last year, it may, the, the take has become more outrageous because Rom's won more tournaments since then. He's won a playoff event. He won Memorial. But before that, in my opinion, like he won Tory as a rookie or early in his career. Mm -hmm. But then all his other wins were just such bullshit wins. He was winning Euro events against nobody. He won the Zurich. He won the Hero. He won the Zurich with Ryan Palmer, a team event. And he never shows up in any majors. He's gagging things left and right. And everyone was, keeps telling me that he's like the best player in the world. And it's like, well, he's not the best player in the world. He hasn't done anything. Now, last year, he won a memorial. He won a playoff event. Fine. I understand that. But he still hasn't done. He still hasn't done anything, in my opinion. Uh, he's in the same boat as Cantlay. He's in the same boat as Xander. He's in the same boat as Finau. And uh, I mean, come on, man. He, he has done more than Finau, and he and look, and he's de he's definitely done more uh, than Cantlay and, and Xander. Finau's been better in the majors than Rom. You know, Rom I'm was actually gonna, I'm Rom, actually was gonna... Rom was terrible in the Ryder Cup. No matter what anybody tells you, they say, "Oh, he beat Tiger." Tiger was fucking out of gas. Yeah, no, Tiger I agree with that. Won the freaking Tour Championship. Was playing his fourth event in a row. That wasn't Tiger Woods. 
So I'm just saying, there's a lot to it. We don't have to make the podcast about this. No, no, definitely not. But but it is fun to hear hear why. You know what I mean? Like because because I mean it's the same reason. Like I feel like I, like I get upset with certain either not even necessarily golfers, but any athlete, right? Sometimes it's just the fans and the people who who fucking chirp at you from the other side just make you hate the the athlete. Like like they just make you hate the athlete because the people who support them are so goddamn annoying that that you just have to be like, all right, well fuck it, I'm digging my heels in, and that's it. Yeah, plus he's a pain in the ass to watch. He's always bitching and moaning, and he's got that short swing. And I just, oh, he drives me. Oh, can I interject here as someone uh, sitting on the sidelines here? I, I would like to end this debate. Uh, okay. Tony Finau versus John Rahm in the majors. So, John Rahm in his career has five top tens in majors, Tony Finau has eight. Tony Finau technically is on more in majors than John Rahm. So there you go. Point Nagels. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was my point. Stop <laughs> sucking up to the guest, Steve. You I'll gotta, li- you gotta live with me. <laughs> if you look at if you look at it objectively, if you're like my dad and you watch golf four or five times a year, or you watch the Sundays at the major, you may not even know who fucking John Rahm is. Because he's never there. He's right. got a lot of bullshit backdoor top tens. It's, I, like, listen, it's I, too much. I will agree with he's you with over, that. I, I definitely, I definitely been overhyped. Yeah, no, I agree with you with that. Cause we even talked about that a couple weeks ago where somehow, cause he's out of contention on fucking Sunday. So there's no pressure and he shoots fucking eight under and I'm like, how the fuck did he go all the way to T five? Like, and I, I don't respect those type of top fives. I'm hundred percent with you on that. Like, I don't like the backdoor top five. And then, and then, you know, three months later, nobody remembers that he backdoored it. And they're like, well, you got a fucking T five. I hate that. Whether it's my golf or anybody else's golfer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I hate Rory McIlroy because he does it all the time. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Rory. I, I like Rory a little bit in the tens. I like the fact that, uh, you know, that was a really hard golf course last week. I know it was a flaccid performance. I would agree with that. It has been typical. I've been saying since the return of golf that, you know, Rory's made comments about how it's hard for him to generate energy without the fans being there. And it's a whole different thing. And, you know, Rory's like a $200 million guy and there's, he's playing on these empty golf courses and it's just not what it used to be. And he's a performer and he's got nobody to perform to. Now they had some fans last week. They'll have some fans this week and it's going to be a nice soft golf course. It's not going to be, you know, us open firm and fast that eats Rory up. And this is, he's one here. It's like, he's like the Prince of Pontevedra. This is really like in his wheelhouse. Now I didn't like the comments that he made uh, after the round about, I might have to change some things and he doesn't know what's going on. I've said on last week's show that like Rory needs a, like he needs to get pissed off. Like he needs to get mean. He needs to be angry. He needs something to get him going. And maybe now he's, angry and now he's got fans and now he's in a place to be and people say he sucks and he's flaccid and this might be a good spot for so gun to my head i I don't know i haven't made this decision yet but in the tens i think the brooks wd really is gonna affect xander's ownership which i don't like because like i said i'm waiting for that xander win but i i think i kind of like rory in the in the tens if he's going to be one the lowest owned guy it could be a good spot for him, but I don't, I, I don't know that for certain just yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I mean, again, like the iron play has been a little better for him lately. I mean, the problem with him is 
like you look at when it's peak Rory, what is working for him? His wedges are dialed in and he just drained with the putter and both are being, you know, he's struggling with both right now. Like, I mean, you saw it a couple of times at Bay Hill where he was right in the middle of the fairway had about 110 yards in and he hits a wedge to like 25, 30 feet. That's unacceptable. You can't do that. And like, you know, I mean, that's been a problem for him. I think going back for the last year and a half and I, and then like until that gets fixed, you know, and then, you know, unfortunately he does just enough on, you know, every week that he continues to get priced this high, or, you know, he's still 12 to one, 14, one on books and still paired up in matchups with all the top favorites. But, you know, he just, you know, the eye test just doesn't really pass sometimes with him, but you're yeah. right. I mean, the win the, terrible when he finished 10th and sixth in his last I know exactly. I did, yeah. Listen, I was, I was on him on the one and done last week. Like uh, I was, I was waiting for it. Like you said, the fans are back. Maybe you get us back. And I've had the same argument that you've had. Like the guy's got a bazillion dollars in the bank. It's going to take him a little bit to get the fuck up for a, a tournament. And I don't know. Like, uh, I don't, I don't hate it. Quote, did you see the quote I'm talking about? That yeah, I hated it. I hated it just like you did, but yeah, but if he's pissed off, like yeah. that's a good sign, but is he pissed off or fucking sad? I, I, I couldn't really tell. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's the Prince of Pontevedra, man. He's going to his happy place. They got <laughs> a pretty right. statue of the guy. All that's his, that's, that's true. His Mr. PGA tour. Like that's he, his spot. He can fill in a couple of uh, videos with Carson Daly all week. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm God, God. In there, so, <laughs> all right. All right. What well, I think we beat up the $10,000 range here. Why don't we move on to the $9,000 range? So uh, we got eight guys in here uh, yep. led by Justin Thomas at the top, going all the way down to Patrick Reed and uh, Nagels. Do you want to start off here? Or do you want to hear uh, what Capra and I got? No, say? I'll go. No, I'll go. Okay. I'll be happy to go. Right. I Perfect. think you said it. I think you said it before that. I think this is this range is going to get hammered, and maybe the the ten thousand dollar range is going to get ignored, which actually makes me like Rory more. But uh, I can see everybody going to uh, Cantlay. You got Webb there, and of course uh, Morikawa and Finau. That's a lot. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before I forgot to mention: uh, Pat Mayo said that had a had the stat that five of the last ten guys who won the Wyndham also won the Players or or vice versa. Five of the last 10 players champions have also won the Wyndham. I think that's something that I'm definitely going to take a look at. And Patrick Reed, I believe is one of those guys that's won the Wyndham. And he might come down to ownership in this range. I don't know, or I don't think that right now, I don't think the winner is coming from here, but I mean, this is, I think this is where all the chalk lies. I don't have a specific guy that I love. I Bryson at 97, uh, coming off a win, you know, I remember him talking about the heritage uh, when when we came back in the return to golf. Bryson talking about the heritage, he couldn't unleash, unleash the Kraken. I think was at uh, another mm -hmm. Pete Dye track, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that here. So, and then you know, is JT coming back now? Like, is he going to be? Is is this going to be a nice soft birdie fest golf course for JT? where he just comes back with a vengeance and he takes this down. I could see that too. So there's a lot there. So you guys take, do you guys take the floor? I don't have a definitive pick, but there's, a, there's, there's a lot of good options. I'll say All that. Right. Capper, why don't you go first and then I'll, uh, I'll jump in. All right. So uh, listen, uh, I'm, I'm definitely on Reed. right? Reed's my favorite play in here because of how much chalk is in this, um, in this case, I mean, was there four golfers that are looking at fucking 20 plus percent in here? Uh, yes. I mean, that's, and that's on Monday. That's before Actually, it's, it's probably going to be five. 
Yes, yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be JT Webb, Morikawa, Cantley, Fino. Yeah, like I mean, there's, there's so much chalk here. This is before anything comes out. Really, it's Monday night, right? People are just dicking around, clicking their favorites, and and and, and doing their research, right? So if they're projected at this now. Like maybe one, maybe one or two of the guys because they're so chalky, they'll come down a little bit, but it's not coming down ten percent. Um, so I love Reed. Um, I liked him last week too, though. But like. Yeah, I mean, there is good uh, correlation between that and the Wyndham. Uh, and and if, the only thing that worries me a little bit is he's, man, the putter doesn't, he's still good around the greens, but his putter didn't look right on Friday. Um, I don't know if that was just frustration or what. Um, but yeah, I like Reed just, just based on an ownership play alone. Um, now I'm not like uh, you Nagels. Like I do, I typically do three to five lineups. Um, so I can, I can, I can, I can spread it yeah, out a little bit. Like everybody who cares yeah, three to five lineups. Wrong. Three to five now. Fuck off. Listen, the uh, three to five lineups is like all, all I'm doing is I basically have four core players and then I'll dick around with like the, the the lower guys, right? I have my core four, right? And so and then I'll I'll mess around with the the dot throws down bottom, right? Okay. Right. And so it's it's not I don't pick everybody, Dick. Um. So so I like I like Reed. Um. I do like Webb a lot. I don't really care that he's chalky. Um. Man, he could have won concession if he was just web. We talked about this after. Like he was missing these fucking like five and a half, six foot putts that you are just typically like, you know, oh, I'm gonna go outside and smoke a cigarette. He's about to go make this putt. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it seemed automatic, and he was missing those. So he was just a little bit off. And this is a much easier golf course than concession. Uh, so I like Webb this week. Um, I'm gonna fade Bryson uh, as well. And I'm debating on what I should do with Hovland. Maybe, Steve, maybe you got something on Hovland. Like, Jesus, what a bad weekend for that poor kid. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he fucking shot of a cannon Thursday, Friday. Looked great. Like, he was getting contention. The numbers, the live betting numbers for him were super short. Um, and then he just kind of fell apart. Um, I don't know if he's going to be popular again. Are people going to jump off him? So I think that'll probably make my decision on on what I do with him. Yeah. I mean, as looking at it right now, it seems like he's coming in like around 13, 14%, which compared to some of the other guys, this range is not a lot. So, I mean, for me with Hoblin, I mean, I like him because I mean, nothing's changed. Like, yeah, he has, he had two bad rounds. I mean, everybody was awful on Sunday. It was terrible weather conditions. He was out of it by then, you know, I mean, but he's still, you know, next to Morikawa, probably the best iron player in the field. You know, he has a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. You know, he plays really good on positional golf, golf, you know, position golf courses. Um, you know, I mean, I like him this week. I don't see why he can't play well again, especially if he's not going to, you know, if he's going to get overlooked between, you know, sandwich between like Webb and Morikawa and Cantley Fino. If, yep. You know, he's kind of like the odd man out there. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely take him. And he's, you know, on paper, I mean, he's a great player and he played, I mean, you know, maybe the knock on him is that this is technically his first time. He only got one round in last year, but you know, I mean, he shot a 68 in the first round there. So, you know, he got off to a good start, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm a sucker for Cantlay and I just, I love how he's been playing for the last few months. You know, I mean, if, you know, you look at some of these like positional golf courses that, you know, kind of relate to Pete Dye a little bit, you know, some Jack Nicholas, you know, we talked about, you know, Nagels, we talked about this before you jump in the pockets that, you know, when I looked at concession, I realized that Jack Nicholas borrowed a lot from Pete Dye as far as the type of golf courses he built. So I'm utilizing that a little bit into what I'm looking at too. And I mean, Cantley dominates Nicholas courses. I mean, one in Muirfield Village, um, you know, at Sherwood Country Club, he won that. Uh, he plays well at a couple of Pete Dye golf courses. You know, he played well as a Harbor Town, plays well at TBC River Highlands. So it's a lot to like there on paper. I mean, just a really complete paper. And the stadium course too. 
Yeah, um, and, yeah they played well there too. So, I just want to say something about Hovland. You, um, you are you familiar with Rob Bolton? You know Rob Bolton does the PGA Tour stuff. Yes. Yeah. He he said last week that Hovland said that Hovland hates Florida golf courses, which Ooh. was odd since he finished second at the concession and right. He was in the mix at Bay Hill, but that was his fate at Bay Hill was Hovland, and mm-hmm. that was one of the things that he cited that Hovland said that he just doesn't like Florida golf courses. Well, I mean, if, if you want to add to the mix that they're basically adding perennial rye grass, which is a Northern grass type to, oh, you know, ew. you know, to the stadium course and it's going to, I mean, basically, so the, the biggest difference between the Bermuda and the rye grass is how the golf course just plays. Like, you know, it's really firm and fast and crispy in May, you know, with the Bermuda, uh-huh. it really slows down. The golf course plays a lot softer. So, you know, the turf conditions, you know, if it's a lot like last year where guys are complaining about mud balls in the fairway and they were making asteroid craters into the greens and spinning balls back. I mean, it's, it's going to behave a little more like a Northern golf course this year. So no matter what anybody says, that rebuttal is exactly why you are excellent. Breaking <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, there's exactly. always, a, there's always, I, a no, that's <laughs> unbelievable. You're right. You're right. It's not really playing like a Florida golf course. So no. No, yeah, so that's, I, that's a, all right. Play Hoblin yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to be soft greens. It's kind of like, I mean, JT's down this range. I know he's popular, and I maybe I have a different take take between like betting and like because he's down to twenty to one this week. But like, I can see JT like at a soft golf course with not a lot of wind. Where I mean, he's been having some trouble off the tee, but he's not going to be having driver a whole lot this week. You know, he can play positional golf. You know, as long as it hits the fairway, the ball's going to stop. It's not going to roll into the rough because it just stops on a dime down there. That like the golf courses that JT plays really well at are the ones that he just throws it behind the pin, spins it back, you know, to five feet and drains the putt. Like, and I mean, I I've grown to realize that with JT, if it's a really hard golf course, like that can kind of fluster him. It's yeah. like you know, if you're not really playing in a dome, don't play him. But if it's like dome conditions, you know, just like he's the ideal kind of like driving range golfer. So this is the ideal PGA tour setup. Exactly. So, I mean, he's popular in DraftKings, and there are some red flags. So, you know, maybe I'll avoid him there, but like, I mean, overall for his prospects this week, I really like him. Yeah. Well, he's really good. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a huge understatement. See that. Yeah. I mean, and the one that's not, I didn't really have a fade here. Um, I mean, I think I'm with you guys with Bryson. I, I, I consider myself the Bryson whisperer. And the golf courses where he does best are the ones he can blow past dog legs where there's not a lot of trouble. And Bay Hill is perfect for him because it's an antiquated golf course where it definitely needs a renovation. A lot of the bunkers and where some of the water hazards are, they're just not in play for him. But as, you know, as opposed to the concession where everything was way out in front of him, even he couldn't carry it. He had to play positional golf like everybody else. And he didn't do as well. I mean, he struggled and you know, I mean, the driver's going to be taken out of his hand a lot this week. He's going to play positional golf and I don't really like him a lot this week. So that's going to be my fade probably along with everybody else. I don't think anybody likes Bryson this week. Yeah. It's it's that same narrative, right? Uh, Like coming off, coming off a win. Can't beat this golf course up. You're right. He's, he's going to be everybody's skip over. So 
uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I, I still don't think you should play him based on the ownership thing. You can, you can get different somewhere else if you really don't believe in them. Um, so uh, before uh, we jump into the 8k range, listen, you want to get an advantage over your sports book. When it comes to betting, you need to download BetQL, the only app you need to make smart bets. BetQL has shop data for college basketball, NBA, and the NHL. So if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. Plus they got a ton of sports book offers for your state. So head to the app store or Google play store and download BetQL. Bet smarter, not harder. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Head to betql.com and enter code SGP30 for 30% off your first subscription. That's promo code SGP30 at betql.com. Yeah. All right. Let's move down to the $8,000 range. So, starting off at the top with Scotty Scheffler, $8,900, going all the way down to Jason Day, $8,000. So, uh, Boston Capper, I don't think you've started off yet. So why don't you start, uh, this range off first? I, I mean, I started the 10 K range off, but that's fine. Um, right. yeah, that's fine. So, uh, I'll jump, I, I'm going to go right to, to my guy, man, my spirit animal Hatton. Like you want to talk about a ballsy performance after that fucking disaster of a round on Thursday. And he played like shit, like everybody else on Sunday, but good Lord, did he play good on Friday and Saturday? Um, this is, this, this course seems like it's going to set up really well for him. Uh, I mean, Christ, seriously, what a, what a ballsy performance. Am I wrong about that? Like you want to talk about somebody who could just packed it in and said, fuck it. I mean, he grinded his way back. Like, Holy shit, man. Like I was, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right. And um, I mean, I also like Hatton this week and it's because I'm a big proponent of the putting regression. He gained 10 strokes to green last week, lost five putting. And he's a good putter. That's probably going to regress back to the mean just because that's just how this stuff always is. And I mean, a lot of people seems like they're really bitter because he's really popular at Bay Hill. The ownership is not out of control. It's hanging around 10, 11% right now. We'll see how that progresses through the week. Ooh. But I mean, everything looks good. You know, yeah. it's great off the tees, accurate, good iron player, decent putter. Yep. Not a whole lot to like. And if, if he's not going to be all that popular, I'm definitely not going to be shy to, you know, go to him. Yeah, absolutely. So. And his win rate is still fucking insane. Um, I don't know what to do with him, man. I don't know if I should go back to him because everybody's going to be off of him again, but he was so what? spoiler. They're not. Yeah. He's just so blah, but like at the same point, like, I don't know, man, I don't know what to do with him. I, I'm going to have to formulate an opinion on him in the next day or two to make my decision. Um, but uh, so I like, I like burger. Uh, I feel like he's kind of the forgotten man in this. I mean, the dude just won a couple weeks ago, right? Like good iron player, decent putter. Doesn't have to be super long here. Um, What's, what's his what's his course history here? So pretty it's, shitty. It's, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's 67, it's okay. 57, 65. Like, I mean, that's whatever. It's not great, but I feel like, like this is a guy that we talked about since he, he come back is that he's a different golfer than he was back then. Right. He's a guy who just clearly looks different than he did last year or two years ago uh, at this point. So um, I like burger. I don't think his ownerships. I think he's going to get skipped over a lot here. I think this whole range is probably going to get skipped over a lot here based on kind of what you said, right? It looks like people are going to go two or three guys um, in the nine K maybe they'll grab one guy down here and it looks like it's going to be Hideki, um, and that's going to be my fade. Um, but this is, once again, this is a blind spot for me. I can't get this. Like I was on him for so long and he burned me so long. I finally get off him. He does well, get back on him. He does bad again. Like, so just ignore my takes on Hideki. It's completely blind spot for me, but I'm off him again this week. All right. Nagels. What do you like this week? Uh, this week, uh, you know, two or three guys you like in this range. Okay. Um, I was interested. That's interesting to hear you say Hatton's coming in only like 10, 11% right now, because I bet Hatton this afternoon, Ooh, like, mm -hmm. uh, without even 
without even looking, just because I was assuming that he was going to be, he might be that, uh, you know, forgotten elite type player. And, you know, I always consider this tournament like one of those uh, next level, like like a statement type tournament where it's part of the progression. Like if Xander or Rom or Cantlay or one of those guys won this tournament, it'd be like, okay, now they're ready to win a major type of thing. Like it's just part of the natural progression. And Hatton kind of falls into that bucket. Like he's won, he's won in the U.S. He's won, you know, big Euro events, but this would be like a statement win for him uh, going into the majors, which he's never performed well at, uh, as far as I can remember. Uh, he might have been good in the Open Championship, but now, but. I don't know what his ownership's going to be. I don't. I still don't know if that's a good bet or a bad bet with Hatton. But I. Well, I mean, I I also bet Hatton today too. So it's you and me, Nagels. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Which also means Boston Capper will also bet that because he'll have FOMO because that's a spirit animal. Well, it's a good. That's a good spirit animal. I I, yeah. I. Well, but who's the chalk? Like who's the chalky guy in this range? Do you have so it right now? It seems like Hideki is separating himself. I mean, this is still really early, but you know, you got Hideki at around fourteen percent, and then you got a lot of guys hanging around eleven. You got Scheffler at eleven, Berger at ten, Spieth at eleven. Like it's spread out between like five or six guys after that. And what about I mean, on I mean, honestly, it seems like everybody's you know the floor is Adam Scott at nine percent. But for whatever reason, Hideki's separating himself. And I think it's because of what he did last yeah. year. You know, course, he, right. Yeah, he set the course record. But I mean, Hideki just has not been playing very well. I mean, this oh, is not Hideki from don't three. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, he didn't play well with Phoenix, where he always plays well. He didn't play well at Torrey, where he always plays well. No, he's been he's been pretty bad. Well, Paul Casey's interesting, I think. Uh, if He's sandwiched right between Hatton and uh, Sung J M, and uh, I would I would I would take a I would take a look at him, and yeah, Berger. Yeah, you know, he's a Florida guy, and yeah, two years ago, the last time he played here, he wasn't healthy. He wasn't the same player he is now. So I kind of like that. So I'm with you with that. I'm with you with that. And Spieth, I just I'm just gonna pretend Spieth's not in the, in any of these terms. <laughs> I can't. I can't make any sense of it. It, it. He's bad off the tee, and then he's making hole in ones, and then <laughs> iron plays. He's then he's making putts, and then he can't putt. And I don't know. I can't. I can't make any sense of what Jordan Spieth is doing. Yet he's there every week, whether he's played a golf course, he's familiar with it or not. It's just such. It's so sloppy. It's so sloppy. It has, it has to be unsustainable. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, it's just Jordan Spieth being Jordan Spieth, man. I mean, this is what he does. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, he just. But he wasn't like that. Like when he was good, no, it wasn't, wasn't like this. It's no, black magic, man. Don't you black agree magic. With that? In fifteen and seventeen, he was not this sloppy off the tee. I mean, I know the lasting like. I mean, one of the most memorable moments of speed is when he blasted onto the driving range at Burkdale and they had to move all the Titleist trucks in order to, you know, make sure he could still get to the green. But no, I mean, he would consistently rank inside the top 50 strokes gain off the tee. He was never this inaccurate and it just, he's blasting all over the yard and he's going to go find his ball. It's, it's, it's similar to kind of, I think like what Patrick Reed does sometimes where Reed will just blast it everywhere. And then, you know, he'll just knock it close to the green or like, you know, he'll, you know, occasionally have a good iron shot. And then, you know, he just puts lights out. He's a good scrambler and 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both just kind of making hay doing the same thing. So that's a good, that's a great point. That's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So maybe the, yeah. So maybe, you know, speed does have a, a fourth place finish here. Uh, I know he hasn't played well here and you know, that was six, that was in 2014. So that yeah, was forever ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing. Uh, so if you want to take a chance on speed, go ahead, but I can't cause I have everything invested in my one lineup. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I can't go all in on, I can't go in on, on speed, maybe at Augusta, but he'll be, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be, you know, $10,000 at, at, at Augusta and 25% ownership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think the only thing, a couple of comments I want to make, and I think we move on is, uh, so you mentioned Paul Casey and, uh, this is shocking to me over because Paul Casey has never been known as a good putter and somehow, some way over his last 50 rounds, he is gaining a quarter stroke per round on the greens, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never thought I would see the day when Paul Casey would be gaining strokes off, you know, putting, but he's been great. I mean, he played great in the middle East. Uh, he played well at Pebble beach, played well yesterday or, um, you know, Bay Hill, he had one bad round kind of, but I mean, he's a consistent ball striker. It's what you want to look for this, you know, range. And then I, we didn't really talk about Scotty Scheffler all that much. Uh, I mean, he's been playing really well, play really well at concession plays really well. At these Jack Nicholas, like positional golf courses uh, played well at the stadium course uh, over PJ West. You know, that's basically just a sawgrass comp. So, I mean, you know, he, like he's $8,900 and maybe people overlook him just because, you know, look at the names below him, like a Hatton or like a case or speed, like, you know, you know, they have more, you know, brand power behind them and you know, maybe they go with that, but you know, Sky Shuffler, he's been playing really solid and he fits a lot of, you know, things for this golfer. He's striking his irons really well too. And you know, he's a decent putter. So, you know, maybe that's someone to look at as well. I just, I don't know how much it is to like uh first time playing this event type of, th- I don't know if that's like going to be a thing or not. Cause I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the spreadsheet and a lot of the first events, well, except Xander who finished second, by the way, um, the yeah. first time I played it, there's a lot of, mis- <laughs> how did you, how did you do last time? Bagel? I played it. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not, but um. no, I mean, I, I will say this in this one, he played one round last year and I think he was, I think, I think he shot 68 in the first round. So that's same as Morikawa, the same as Hobbit. I mean, all those young guys in their first round at Sawgrass, even Matthew Wolf, they all played pretty well in that first round. So, I mean, listen, you're right. It's an extremely small, small sample size. I'm not drawing any conclusions about it, but I mean, it's just, for me this week, you know, there's so much variance to this golf course to begin with that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to look at anybody with course history here and actually make a definitive conclusion. Like, I mean, you'll look at like Rory one year, you know, he'll miss the cut and then win. Like, there's just like, if you look at top tens, like year to year to year, there's really not a lot of consistency. So, you know, I, it's, you know, like, while I understand that this is a complicated golf course and, you know, there's a lot of intricacies to it that you need to take account of, but I mean, the leaderboards at the end of the, this tournament every year just seem like they're just random. So, you know, I'm not sure if there really is anything to course history, you know, all that much. Okay. Well, how Rory had a good Thursday last week and how that we had the rest of his week turn out. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to get a lot from one round, but yeah, right. I understand what you're saying. 
right, mm. let's move on. I don't. I, I feel like I'm talking too much. Am I? Am no, I dude. Guys? No, absolutely not. Well, listen, we, we run long fucking anyway. And uh, listen, this is this is the best part of our week, man. We get the. I got four goddamn kids, Nagels. So if I get to sit around and talk golf for an hour and a half, two hours, and nobody's bothering me, this is my fucking happy place, bro. All right, I just don't want to turn into you know Colby Dan do like a four hour podcast. Damn, shots fired. I love it. No, I love Colby. I'm, 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 <laughs> Yeah, making jokes. <laughs> all yeah. right, so let's move down to seven thousand dollar range. So, I mean, big range. So, why don't we all do three guys we like, uh, and then uh, one guy we hate? So, I'll I'll start off because uh, I think this is the first time to start off. So, so Nagels, I asked you earlier about like you know some New Year's resolutions about like you know some blind spots and things you know you want to fix. And one thing I've realized I need to fix is I need to trust my reads. And if I like a guy the previous week and something bad happens, you know, don't overreact, you know, look at the grand scheme of things and maybe go back to them next week and did that Bay Hill and it worked out for a couple of things. So I was pretty big on Louis Ousweizen last week. Uh, let me tell you what happened there. <laughs> I was thinking EFS, I am an outright. I was even so convinced that Louis Ousweizen was going to win. I had a mental picture in my head of him wearing Arnie's red sweater vest holding the trophy with that big gap in his face. I thought he was going to win Bay Hill. And guess what that motherfucker did? He withdrew at eight 30 in the morning after everything locked and took a big fat zero. So he was the uh, second worst golfer in DFS. Uh, I had a Robert Gamez who took a minus one and a half. and got DQ'd for the 92. So um, assuming Louie is healthy. I like him this week. He's been playing great. I mean, you know, he's been good off the tee. You know, he's been putting very well. I mean, the one concern which I pointed to last week when I liked him at Bay Hill was the irons have not been great, but they've been improving over his last three tournaments. And I like to see that progression. And, you know, I mean, I just, I had a good feeling about him last week. He's not very highly owned because he pissed off everybody last week. I mean, I think his ownership right now is definitely under 5%. So I like him. I mean, sandwiched between a bunch of, bunch of other popular guys who I like too, but I mean, I think Louis might as you know, my pivot play in the upper 7,000 average. Um, you know, going down a little bit further. Um, I mean, T to green. I mean, Russell Henley is basically a poor man's web just because, you know, neither of them are very, you know, they don't gain a lot off the tee, but both very accurate. You know, there's a comp. They're both really good iron players. I mean, the difference comes with that, you know, Webb is a much superior putter than Henley, but uh, I mean, he's one of the best ball strikers in this range. So, you know, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to like focus on, you know, I'm looking for like guys who just do a lot of things well. And Henley does a lot of things well. So I like him. And then, you know, I mean, I think I'm gonna go back to Cam Davis. And I know that he's the bomber mold that doesn't really fit well here. But, you know, at some of these positional golf courses, he's tended to do pretty well. So even if you take a driver out of his hands, he'd be doing okay, at least T to green. Uh, great iron player, and he's a good putter. And the reason why he missed the the cut at Bay Hill last week, he had an atrocious putting week. That I think is gonna bounce back. So um I like him. And then my fade is his clone in Sam Burns, uh, which is funny that I like Davis and I like Burns. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I love, I was on Burns at, you know, the Genesis, his performance off the tee lately has not been good. I think he's lost strokes off the tee. in I think four consecutive tournaments and that's concerning because he's a bomber. I mean, and you know, distance is such a place, such a heavy role in that statistic and he's not accurate. So maybe the Genesis blowing that, you know, knocked him off. And I didn't really love what I saw last week. So 
I think he's going to be popular again just because it's Bermuda Burns. So that's my fade in this range. All right, Nagels, go ahead. What do you like on this one, man? Uh, no, you go. I'm still. I'm still. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So um, I'm going to shock the world. You know who oh, I really like this week? Oh, do it. Oh. Fleetwood, baby. I like oh, Fleetwood this back. week. <laughs> you are you are such you are such a bad guy. You are too. Why am I a bad guy? Listen, I like you're doing this to mush him, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I, I, I'm not. Listen, I make it clear when I'm mushing him so the, the karma world knows what I'm doing. Like I don't try to sneakily fucking mush anybody. I'm very fucking upfront with that. Listen, I really do like Fleet this week. I was wrong about him last week. I was right about him two weeks ago, but I was wrong about him last week. Um he looks good. He's got a really good course history here. Um, yeah, I mean, what's not to like? I mean, really, I mean, this is this is a price point in DFS where I was I did... to a podcast last week. A guy told me he sucks at golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, he did. What, suck what at happened golf. to that guy? Well, yeah. listen, I was wrong. Listen, it, listen, it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong, right? I was right two weeks ago when he fucking did suck, but last week he played well. And this is a much easier golf course. Uh, the weather's not going to be anywhere near as bad, dude. And listen, I'm I like course history. I know you said you don't you don't really think it factors in, but I feel like when guys are comfortable with a course and we have good history here and they, and he's coming in playing well. And at the price point, like I'm surprised he's not more chalky. He's, he's definitely kind of chalky, but he's not like getting blown out of the water. Chalky, right? He's 7,900. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I like Fleetwood this week, man. Top, top five last time, last time, top seven, like, or two top tens last time, like however you want to put it. Right. Um, so I'm in on Tommy fleet with this week. I can put aside my own personal hate to make money, man. It's all about money, right? My, sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta bite the bullet and say, I was a fucking idiot last week. I got to move off my opinion and, and, and take the right, take the right side. Um, I also like Louie this week. Same reason that you said, right. Everybody's going to be off him. Um, I know everything was getting done with his putter. Um, but like you said, irons were improving and everybody is pissed. Everybody's off. So that's when I'll jump on. Uh, I mean, how do you ignore max Homer? Right. I know it's his first time here, but you want to talk about a kid that is playing really fucking well, right? Like he is playing well. I didn't expect him to play this well on in Florida being a California kid, but yeah, dude, I, I like Homer this week. Uh, I guess that's three guys, but I like Molly too. going back on Molinari. Same thing. Everybody's jumping off. I'll jump on uh, my fades. Harris English, he's never fucking made the cut here. He does not look good. No Harris English, please. Okay. All right, Nagels, uh, where are a couple guys you like in this range? All right, Harris English shot like 65 in the first round last year, just so you know. You did. Did you just tell me one round doesn't mean shit? I'm just telling you. (laughs) I know I'm looking at it. He's missed a cut yet six years in a row. But ironically, he did shoot 65. I'm just bringing it to your attention. I'm going to do my fade first. Okay. Um, I know you're saying that no, everyone's going to be off him, but everybody is saying that everybody's going to be off him, and everybody seems to be on Louie. And you know, I'm a one lineup guy, and Louie's never in it. Neither is Jason Day, just for that that reason. What happened last week? Uh, so no, I don't, I don't like Louie, and I think his ownership's going to be higher than it should be, just because he did withdraw last week. I'm going to play a couple of unlikable guys that I might like this week, although. You know, again, I haven't made my lineup. I think Billy Horschel might play well. Uh, he's a Florida guy. Uh, he's kind of like becoming like a like a, a voice of the PGA Tour. You know, he's always being interviewed and always talking. And he wasn't. He was second at uh, 
Where was that? At the at the concession, right? Concession, yeah. yeah, yeah That's when he turned his hat backwards and he was in the fucking water and hit it out of there. It was, it was yeah. pretty it was pretty fun. Yeah, and then he missed the cut last week, and now he is he's been okay here. Um, you know, he's not with PXG anymore, and he's been playing a lot better now that he's I guess playing different equipment. Uh, I think he might be back to ping. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, that. but yeah. the last time they they didn't play here last year. Uh, he's playing in his hometown event back playing with, you know, winning equipment, so to say, because, you know, a lot of these PXG guys don't do too well, uh, out on tour. Uh, so in terms of just making a cut, maybe low owned, I think Billy might be a good play. Another guy is Sergio who hasn't missed the cut here. Well, it looks like ever, ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, <laughs> so he might be, I would say he might be a safe DraftKings play. Because his his uh he's been he's been playing all right a thirty second mm. miscut a twelve to six his last four so Sergio's interesting and I played Ian Poulter last week and I think I might think about doing it again yeah he's a Florida you know I know he's a Euro but he lives in Orlando he's a Florida guy and he also has a very good record here and he's hovering around that uh, top uh, 50, 60 world ranking where, uh, you know, a good performance here can get him into the top 50, get him into the masters, the WGCs, all that good stuff. And it's a Ryder cup year. And I would just think that Poulter would want to play his best golf. He's been talking about how he hit the ball well over in Saudi Arabia, but he just didn't make any putts. You know, that Puerto Rico was more of a warm up, I think for these events. And he was good last week. He likes playing Bay Hill. That's in his hometown in Orlando. And I think he would be good. So Poulter, Horschel, Sergio, three really unlikable guys. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, that might be a good direction. It all depends on ownership, though. I like. I kind of I mean, I like Sergio, though. So is Sergio really that unlikable? Is it only because of that fucking thing he said everybody, like, way no, back in the day? Who likes Sergio? I mean, I'm just telling you right now that I kind of like Sergio. Well, yeah, but you hate Tommy Fleetwood. So you're a horrible judge of character. <laughs> that is the most true thing anyone has said on this podcast. So thank you very much. <laughs> so, all right. So why do you like Sergio, Boston Capper? No, no. I meant like, I like Sergio, like as like, because like, oh, okay. he says he's unlikable. I'm like, I like Sergio. One, it was funny because I don't know, one of the years I was at TPC, his group was leaving and we were, we were following. I was like, where the fuck did Sergio go? And here he comes running out of the woods, pulling his fucking zipper up. He's fucking taking a leak on his on like 13 or something like that behind the fucking T-Box. So I was like, all right, that's fine. Piss, that makes him likable. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I was just, I thought that was funny. Listen, man, he's, he seemed like he changed since he had a kid. He seems like a nicer guy. He was a guy who would always come up short, like constantly, constantly, constantly. He finally got that green jacket. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know, whatever. You yeah. couldn't be more wrong. He got banned from Saudi Arabia because he was tearing up greens. Yeah, I know. Listen, I, I got a temper too. Maybe that's why I like him. Maybe that's why I like all these guys. Yeah. Cause I like, yeah. I like, I like Rom. He's going to temper. I like hat. He's going to temper. <laughs> this Garcia is going to temper. Maybe I just like guys with temper. Cause it makes me feel better about myself on the golf course. All right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. So Nagos, I'm going to piggyback with you. I also like horses. He's a little bit of a sleeper of mine. And you know, I mean, so you mentioned the Wyndham comp earlier. Yeah. And while I don't totally subscribe to that, I mean, really, we, I mean, we, tr well, sometimes when you use that comp, like you look at it, it's low hanging fruit. Like last week you looked at a lot, like it was the Wentworth thing. Everyone was, you know, talking about that, but you know, 
really the golf course to use. Like, with, you know, do you remember that from last week? You know, they were trying to make comparison of Bay Hill to European tour golf courses. Yeah, yeah, and everybody yeah. tried to go in the Wentworth angle. Really the way to go was actually Omega desert Dubai classic and Bryson won there. So that was actually the golf course to go to. But I mean, if you are a subscriber to the Wyndham thing, Horschel did finish second uh, in the event last year. And I know that because I had Horschel 40 to one and uh, he blew it in the back nine to Jim fucking Herman. Thank you very much. Yes. But I mean, you know, Horschel is guy who just, he never shows well in the stat sheets. Like I think people think he's a good ball strike with his irons. He really isn't on paper, but he's a great putter. He's actually playing pretty well, you know, off the tees an accurate player. And he put really poorly at Bay Hill. Like that's going to regress. So I kind of like him a little bit this week. I like that play Nagels. Oh, thank you. Well, it's going to, it's going to come down to ownership. It takes a lot for me to, Oh, he's, he's not, he is not highly owned. I mean, I think people turned on him because he got into the fan last week. I mean, it's, I, 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 Horschel is never really a popular play unless you go to like, like a Wyndham or like, you know, Harbor town or something like, like in these big events with a lot of like, like stars, he always seems like he's overlooked. So I don't think you need to worry about ownership. I think, you know, just based on like, like Neiman is $7,700. Zalatoris is 7,600, you know, Sergio's up there answer is $7,500. That I think is going to be the most popular guy in this range this week. You know, he's definitely going to get lost in the upper sevens there. So, you know, if it's an ownership play that you're concerned about, I, I think you're fine. Hey, Nagels, have you, have you heard uh, what, what we've been talking about as far as like the seven K chalk and what the results have been over the last, what, what are you running? Like six weeks now? Is it five or six weeks? It's five or six weeks. The most popular guy in the $7,000 range has just, I think he's missed the cut. Missed the cut. Yeah. yeah I kind of do, do a thing about that on, on, on my show where I, there are certain guys that their ownership makes no sense. You got like the, uh, you know, the Matthew Neesmiths of the world and the camera Tringali's like, yeah. why, what are you doing rostering these guys where you got major winners that are half the ownership? Yeah. So yeah, I, I listen, I never, I'm usually never in on those guys. If everybody's talking them up, th- those are the names that I usually cross off. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it was funny. So we just started tracking it. We were like, all right, man, it seems like the seven K just the seven K range. Right. So the six K range, typically anybody chalky, if you're smart, you just don't do them anyway, but seven K range. Sometimes you can talk yourself into it and five weeks running. They have missed the cut. Like it's been, it's been blow up. So like it, it, I just fade whoever the highest owned guy is in seven K range. And it's been working out the past couple of weeks. Yes. So this week is probably going to be Abe answer. I know he's getting the mail bump. I've been heard, you know, his name bounce around. So uh, it's probably gonna be Abe answer. Yeah. He's soft. I don't like Abe answer. <laughs> I love that take. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent on board with that one. All right. So, all right, we're going to actually here yeah, before we go to the six K range, uh, bagels, you got to stick around for uh, one more man. Hey, have you heard about better than Vegas bagels? Yes, because I listen to you guys all the time. Okay. So listen, uh, you should do a video there too. Cause you know what? It's like YouTube, but for what DJs only care about sports betting, right? The best part is, is you'll be able to get the free video picks from the SGPN crew. Uh, so you got to make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page, sports slash BTV. So you don't miss any of our videos. And if you're subscribed, you'll get a notification every time we post a new one. Uh, I haven't done the last two weeks uh, once again, cause I had COVID. So screw you guys. And, uh, but, but tomorrow, Oh, not tomorrow, I guess Wednesday, I will definitely do one. Um, and if I go to the practice round, maybe I'll even do it, uh, from, uh, TPC. Um, so listen, go to sports podcast.com slash BTV, subscribe to our better than Vegas page today. That's sports podcast.com slash BTV. Yeah, you should do it. It's, it's fucking, I'm pretty sure it's fucking free. I'm just fucking go out there and get a little more exposure, man. 
There you go, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. You're so welcome. under seven thousand uh, dollars, Nagels. Why don't you go? Do you have three guys that you like down here that you're looking? No, at? I have like twelve. Oh uh, no! Oh no! Yeah, I narrowed to three though. No, I, I just, I just, let me just, let me just say this since you guys are giving me the floor and I appreciate all the time and everything else. Uh, normally I never, since I'm a one lineup guy, I usually never go below 7,000 and, uh, with only four guys above 10,000 this week, I mean, you can basically roster anybody you want, because I think there are so many guys in the sixes that are certainly playable on, on DraftKings. Now, I hit, I won, uh, I hit Bryson hard Friday night to win Bay Hill at like seven to one. And that obviously that hit. So I have all this monopoly money in my account <laughs> last night. I'm scrolling through and there's all these guys at a hundred, 150, 200, 300 to one that I'm like, all right, five bucks here, six bucks here. And I, next thing I know, I got, a, I got bets on about 11 of these guys. Um, Cause I got all this money. It's like, you know, it's monopoly money. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't very disciplined. I like a lot of these guys. Who do I like the best? Uh, you're not going to believe me and that's fine. You don't have to, but I have a really, I have a thing, a take on uh, Dylan Fratelli. I know I listened to him do an interview uh, with uh Tron with no laying up or the other podcast that they do. Um, and Dylan Fratelli talked about how much he liked the, uh, the Pete Dye golf courses. I know he's got a good, a decent finish at, at heritage. I know he won the John Deere, which isn't a, a Pete Dye per se, but it's that type of, uh, ball strikers course. Now Dylan Fratelli also likes to surf and he's never really good out in California because always doing a surf the whole freaking time. And you know, he was very competitive at the masters. Now he's was 250 to one. I'm not saying everybody should go run out and bet that because he's probably not going to win. But if you're going to look for a top 10 or a top 20 bet, or you want a sneaky DK play for the Millie maker lineup, Dylan Fratelli loves Pete Dye golf courses. And I think that he is live this week. All right. That's a little, that's that, that's something that to think about. He might get on. He might get on the first round leader list now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was, I was gonna say. I think that that sounds like an uh, an, an angle right up Capper's alley right there. Yep, like he's 100%. gonna go drain his account on uh, Dylan Fratelli outright this week. So I mean, you got Gary Woodwind there at 6,800. He's a ah, gross. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he's 6,800. If he's healthy, you know, he's not healthy though. Yeah, you might be right. I kind of like JT Poston at 65. He won the Wyndham. I know you don't really love that angle, but he's there. Uh, Rory Sabatini is pretty solid. There's a million ball striking bastards down here that you can go with. I mean, I have bets on all these guys. I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm just telling you, I bet Dylan Fratelli. I bet Rory. I bet JT Poston. I fucking love it. Where's Love Kevin it. Na? Where's Kevin Na? Is he in here? Kevin yeah. Na's in the sevens, but I, I, oh, I, I like Kevin Na this week too. So if you have an outright in him, I endorse that. Yep. Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah. So I was a lot of a lot of those like you know those Pete Dye guys. You know, when play well at Heritage, play well at like a Colonial or a John Deere or one of those smaller uh, you know, the the Travelers like a Chez Reeve might be in play down here. So there's a million guys. I think there's a million guys. I haven't done the full breakdown yet. But I, I, Dylan Fratelli is my favorite. You heard it here. 
All right, Dylan Fratelli is 100% getting a first-round leader from me. A top, I'm literally writing it down right now as I'm pulling it up at my sportsbook. And uh, top 20. And those things aren't going to be out yet, but I'm making notes. All right, so bagels. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, I'll kick you a little uh, a bottle of something if he hits first-round leader or top 10. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so three I like. I mean, so, so down here. You know, I mean, I, I think Nagel's hit on something too. Like you can basically get whatever you want. And you know, if I, I think a, if a lot of guys are probably going to avoid the $10,000 range, I don't think a lot of guys are going to have to go down the set, you know, under seven, just cause you know, they're loading up a $9,000 guys and you get basically whatever you want seven. So, I mean, if, if you are dipping down this range, I I'm just looking for just quality guys, quality guys, I think are overlooked do a little, you know, a couple of things. Well, that. You know, they're not flashy, but they get the job done. So Brian Harmon is getting overlooked this week. I think he's got 2% ownership right now. Just this quality ball striker, accurate, decent with his irons, good putter. What's not to like, um, you know, I mean, Henrik Norlander really pissed me off last week. He was really popular and it seems like he's getting punished this week. Um, there's not a whole lot of ownership on him, but let's see, still good ball striker, still doing pretty well. T to green, you know, accurate player. I know it's his first time, but I mean, at this price, if he finishes, you know, inside the top 40, that's fine for a DFS lineup. You know, it's, it's about all six parts, right? So, yep. you know, he's contributing if he's six, 700 bucks and James Hahn, another just quality player, decent ball striker, decent putter, accurate. I kind of trust him. He's safe. He's $6,500. Well, I like him. And then a guy way down on the list. And uh, so we asked, uh, you know, I asked for somebody under $6,200, not named Doug Gim because everybody's going to name Doug Gim you know, at that point. Um, Bo Hoke's playing pretty well. There's a lot of things going for Bo Hogue. You know, he's, you know, accurate. You know, he's hitting his irons pretty well. Good putter. I mean, if you look at some of these other guys, like way down under like $6,500, like you just, there's a lot of junk, but you know, he kind of stands out a little bit. It's just, he's got a lot of things going for him that I think he can at least make the weekend and, you know, maybe make a little bit of run. So those are my four guys under $7,000. All right. So, uh, so did you guys just not talk about Keegan? Cause you knew I was going to talk about Keegan. Yes, we purposely left it Keegan for you. Thank okay. you. But yeah, by the way, hey, he's a hero of mine. You know, he I know all those British all guys those in the top ten. Top tens. I know. Yeah. Listen, clearly the motherfucker can't play. And I actually mushed Keegan at TPC once. He was walking from seventeen to eighteen. This was like uh, it was like a Friday, I think it was. And I was like, hey, bring home another championship for Boston Keegs. And he put it directly into the fucking drink. And I was like, I have to leave now. Like, it's time for me to go. Like I mush poor Keegan Bradley. Um, but I love Keegs this week, man. He like, hey, look, he's got a good course history here. Um, last two times, two top twenties. And listen, he's comfortable in places like this. Um, God, he just can't putt. You want to talk about, how about that? Connors and him out in the la- in the same group on Sunday team, fucking no putt. Like, like you read about <laughs> like those two guys out together. I was like, they're going to, they're just going to feed off each other and miss every three foot putt. It's like the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. Yeah, you know, exactly. the same guy. Exactly. But you have, but Keegan's a great fucking iron player. He's good at positional golf. He's fine off the tee. Um, it's always just a putting with that dude, man. And look at 6,900 bucks, somebody who's getting the top 20 and a top 10 here the last two times out and can score, right? Especially in DK. That's what we care about. He's going to make his birdies, right? He's going to make his bogeys too, but he's going to make his birdies. Um, so I love Keegan this week. Um, love the first round leader too. Um, I think I'm back on HV three again. Uh, he looked good last Hi. week. He- <laughs> what, what, what Nagels? Oh, he's the worst. Why? He's so overrated. The guy's got like three career top tens. Yeah. Look, look, I hear Four you. Years. It, 
Look, I, that look, year, like ever. Yeah, he's no, listen, terrible. I, I, listen, I get it. Listen, I but he's sixty seven hundred, right? I'm not asking. He's not. We're not playing in one of these shitty little tiny tournaments where he's eighty three hundred bucks and everybody talks about him. He's sixty seven hundred bucks. I need a motherfucker like this to make the cut. Right, that's what I need. I need him to make the cut. He missed the cut last time. He actually does have a top ten here, and he looked okay last week. Right? Um, I'm sorry, I spoke out of turn. No, no, I, no. I picked no. fucking Dylan Fratelli. I shouldn't be throwing stones. Yeah, I no, just don't like Carol Varner. Yeah, that's fine. Listen, that's why you're here, man. Fucking scream at me, yell at me, call me a douchebag. I don't give a shit. This is what we have for. We all love golf. It's good. <laughs> like, um, what do you guys? Richie fucking Rowinski. Where the fuck did that come from? They didn't price him up. Am I am I stupid for thinking about just blindly plugging him in? No, right? You're, no, you are not stupid for yeah, doing like that. like I mean he looked good last week. He looks like a golfer who should play well here, <laughs> right? And he's so fucking cheap, and he's he's played here twice. Uh, yeah, top twenty five, top fifty at sixty four hundred bucks. Somebody who who clearly has to have confidence after last weekend, right? Like if you can't have confidence after your name's Richie Winsky and that's what you did last weekend, like. What, what are you doing? Like, I, I feel like he's going to come in here full of confidence, easier course. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. And then I, I got to play Vegas just, just for old time's sake. Cause uh, I love Vegas. I, su- I sucked you in last night when I read <laughs> you, all those you did. leaderboards. You did. You did. <laughs> that, and that's I, my I still, fault. Uh, but I still remember that putt and like, whatever, man, he's he like, uh, he, he was, he, I got a soft spot for him. I'll play him. I'll play him just for old time's sake. I think he got, what he, he got top five here last time he played, didn't he? The, yeah, um, he was T3 with Eddie Pepperell. The most random, <laughs> most random top five ever. Eddie <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So like, I, I like him. Um, I'm curious to see what people do with Redmond, right? Like he's a, he's a fucking DFS darling, but or he used to be anyway, not anymore, but 6,300. I feel like people are probably going to play him too. God, he's a mess now. Oh, he is a mess though. He's a mess. Yeah. I mean, he fell hard. I mean, he's just, he's turned into like an Aaron wise where like, you know, go with the off the tee, go with the irons, just around the greens, it's putting just a mess. And I mean, you know, we talked about yesterday where, you know, you know, if you play your own game and you do it well, you know, you can succeed at TBC Sawgrass. But if you got like some big issues in certain places, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> and I mean, just the giant red flags with the Redmond right now, like, yeah. no thanks. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Putnam's going to be the guy that people go to right there, right? Yeah. He's priced the same 6,300. I think Andrew Putnam's going to be the guy that people are going to roster. He's I can't stand that dude. And it's not because he cost me a matchup last week in round four, but just like, like he's like the antithesis of like any stat nerd would want to go to because he does all of it with putting. And I know that putting is so variable. It just regresses. He's one of the worst ball strikers I track. And he just, when he has like one of those like big rounds, like, you know, when you fade him in a matchup or something, or like, you know, he does really well at drafting, just pisses me off. So I will never, ever be on Andrew Putnam. You guys go have fun with him. I'm not playing. I'm, yeah, I'm not playing him either. I think ownership's going to be. Sorry. <laughs> you just take it easy, Steve. Easy. <laughs> Jesus. I'm actually more mad at Lanto Griffin. They couldn't beat fucking Andrew Putnam. Yes. Last week. So uh, I know. I know. Fuck it. I had so many goddamn pushes last week. Whatever. I bitched about that yesterday. Um, all right, man. Any, anybody else you want to, you want to talk about uh, before, uh, before basically you plug all your shit, man, tell everybody where to come find you. Um, if they don't already know, like I said, uh, before you even came on, I was like, listen, if you listen to this podcast, you probably know who fucking uh, Nate is, but uh, just in case they don't know who you are, uh, where can they come find you? Pump that uh, YouTube up, man, since the Paris. Okay, show. yeah. I mean, I have the YouTube channel, Nagels Bagels. I'm on Twitter, Nagels Bagels. You can find me. You want to follow the show? I mean, I don't really, 
I don't really tweet out a lot in terms of like, uh, I don't put like my, I don't put out a betting card or anything else. I just, I have my show. I'll, I'll tweet out the, uh, the last three years, uh, at a certain event and you know, I'll, I'll respond. I'll do that. Yeah. I'm not like a, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't go crazy on there. Yeah, but, me either. I get if it. Wanna, if you want to watch the show, it's Wednesday nights at eight o'clock Eastern time. I have a pretty awesome listener league. That is a five hour, hundred people winner take all $450 to the winner. If you win that, I will send you a Nagel's bagels, uh, logo trophy ball that, uh, you'll have, it's a pretty people want to get, win that ball yeah. it might be more valuable than the $450. <laughs> it's a pretty elite company. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. And, oh, no, thank you, man. We, we appreciate you coming on, man. I'm sorry. I said, we appreciate you coming on, man. No, oh, it was great. Is there anything else that we're going to talk about? No, nah, man. I think no, that's it, brother. Just DFS. And uh, usually, usually we do DFS and betting all in one, but because it's the players championship and uh, we already used 90 minutes on DFS. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're going to split this in two parts, but yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on, man. You know, I'm a big fan of yours and uh, I'm glad to know that now that I'm off social media, I can actually go find you on YouTube. Cause I actually still use that. So yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in and uh yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to have to have you on the show again, you know, around major season because, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. man. Have a good night. Have a good one. Bye. Right. Thanks, man. Bye. All right. That was Nagel's Bagels. And uh, yeah, man, that was good. That it was, was good. good. It was good to have a third wheel here. It was. You know? Yeah, he mixed it up, and I, I like some of his takes, and uh, I'm definitely going to take a lot, you know, away some things he said. And uh, I, I definitely like his approach where. You know, I, I love the poke holes and narratives and like, you know, f- see what everybody's talking about. Cause there's so much bullshit out there. It is. And I love that he subscribes to that, that yeah. like, you know, just listen to the guys, just their stupid takes and, you know, fading it. I love that. Yeah, seriously. Like he's definitely, uh, I, I know he says he, like he did, no, doesn't know if he's a gut handicapper or not. That dude's a gut handicapper, but he does the same thing. Like just cause you're a gut handicapper doesn't mean you don't take in info and and parse it out and figure out what's important and what's not in stats and what's important and what's not. But that dude's a gut handicapper. He was, uh, he was fun to have on, man. He's a sharp dude. Definitely. So, all right, well, that's our DFS show. Yeah. And, uh, we will be back tomorrow for, uh, just as long of a betting card, you know, yeah, baby. Yeah. Tonight I, I got some outrights, uh, already placed. Yep. Uh, I yep. think I'm done putting outrights and then now I'm going to dive into matchups and props tonight. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, hopefully give you more winners. Yeah, that's it, man. And uh, yeah, I got a couple outrights too. We'll have some uh, stupid exotic things. Uh, Steve texted me about low college guys today, and he was super excited about. So uh, and yeah, let's go. We're gonna go fucking full degenerate because guess what? We normally do anyway, but it's TPC, so now we get to give ourselves even more of an excuse to go full degens. Uh, so once again, thanks to the Nagels Bagels for coming on, man. Uh, good show. Uh, so for myself, Boston Capper, and the God of all himself, Steve Shimmer, uh, let's break them fucking books this week, boys. All right, talk to you tomorrow.